ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Would you all join me? Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have tonight to explore your word, to read what it says, to understand what it means, and to put it into practice in our lives. We are so, so thankful for the word made flesh, Jesus, who came and died in our place and removed our sin, and by trusting and believing in him that we can live with you forever in eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about today. Someone told me there's a holiday coming up this week, and I just can't quite put my finger on it. Something with turkey and family. That's right. We're talking about Thanksgiving. Some of us are ham families. Some of us are turkey families. I think almost all of us are tamale families, but we all get together and we eat, we break bread, and we say grace before we pray. But tonight we're going to be talking about what it looks like, not just to give thanks, but to live thanks, and what it looks like to live with a thankful heart. If any of you have young kids and you've ever seen the VeggieTales films, and there's a certain one, it's called Madam Blueberry, and she wants everything that she sees in the catalog, everything she sees on commercials, and they're going to the, the Stuff Mart, and she's got all these shopping carts, and she has people pushing her shopping carts because she has so much stuff, and she wants more and more and more. And on the way to the supermarket, they see a little girl with her mom and her dad, and she's sitting there, and it's her birthday, and instead of all these presents and everything, they have this little pie. It's an apple pie. I remember because apple pie is my favorite. If anybody's watching and you're coming over for Thanksgiving, just remember, apple pie is my favorite. And she sings this little song. It's a little poem. And she says, I thank God for this day, for the sun and the sky, for my mom and my dad, and my piece of apple pie, for the love that he shares, because he listens to my prayers. That's why I say thanks every day. And then she sings the chorus, because a thankful heart is a happy heart. I'm glad for what I have, and that's an easy way to start. So we look at our lives, and I want to kind of explore not only the word, but also kind of some misconceptions about Thanksgiving tonight. And I've got a little bit of a challenge. This is not a, it's not a tough word. It's not a harsh word. Sometimes I've felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to give those, and I'm like, God, are you sure? I mean, I don't want to come on too strong, but tonight's word, it's going to be good. It's going to be pretty good. We're going to start today in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. And he says this. These are instructions for believers. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So he says to give thanks in all circumstances. And that looks a little bit different than what we're used to seeing in our particular culture. I know that we gather together, we put the food in the oven, and you know, the kids are like, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? And we're like, no, you know, let's go watch the, the parade on TV and give it a few hours, get ready for the game, and then the food's ready. And our particular Thanksgiving traditions look different across different households, different areas of the country. 
but we always gather together and we say, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you. Maybe not you, but I'm thankful for you. <laughs> and we share the things that we're thankful for. But I want to draw your attention to something. And it's this idea. Giving thanks recalibrates our perspective. Now, some of us in the room, we, uh, we have to wear corrective lenses. And uh, some of us, like my driver's license says that I have to wear my glasses in order to drive. And then if the sun's out, I need my sunglasses. And then I have prescription sunglasses. But then I also have regular sunglasses if I'm wearing contacts. And it gets a little frustrating keeping up with all that every day. So I usually have like a pair of glasses in the car, a pair of glasses in the other car, a pair of glasses in my room. There's always somewhere some glasses. But in the beginning, in order to get fitted for my lenses, I had to go to the eye doctor and they put these giant goggles on me. Maybe you've gone through the process and they have a calibration for your eyes. And so we've all been through this. Maybe those of you have gotten an eye exam and they say, which one looks better, one or two? One or two? And then you're like, uh, one. So then they go to the next one and they go click, 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 click. Which one looks better, three or four? Three or four? And sometimes they look the same, right? And you're like, mm, this is a trick. Three looks just like four. And so you tell them, well, they kind of look the same. Okay, all right. And then they turn and the, everything shifts. And giving thanks recalibrates our perspective. Because we're not just giving thanks for something. We're giving thanks to someone. And that's what I want to focus on today. Because everyone's going to gather around and everyone's going to say, I'm glad I have this. I'm glad I have that. I'm glad I have this. But they're basing their thankfulness on their circumstances. And we just read in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18, Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. And that looks a little different than our traditional thanksgiving. So that's why we're talking tonight, not just thanksgiving, but thanks living. What does it look like to live with a thankful heart? And you've probably heard these phrases before, give thanks for your blessings, be thankful for what you have. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. I am so blessed to have grown up in the situation that I have. I was reading something that uh, a very prestigious basketball coach, the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, he said something a few years back, and it was about what he calls the accident of birth. Now, of course, as believers, we know that no birth is an accident, that every life is precious and sacred and every life has a calling on it. But what he was talking about was the way in which you enter the world. A lot of people are blessed just because of where they were born. I'm thankful that I was born in the United States. I'm thankful that I was born to two loving parents who showed me what it means to live my life for the calling of the Lord, to live my life, to get an education, to live my life in a way that I could find even a profession that serves others and contribute to the community. But some people don't even have those opportunities. And so, yes, we should be thankful for the blessings that we have. Because if you compare where we live and the rest of the world, we have a lot to be thankful for. We're meeting for this Bible study, and we have the ability to broadcast it all over the world with technology. We're sitting in an air-conditioned room with four walls, and we're not worried about someone kicking down the door and uh, raiding our pantry or robbing us at gunpoint. These are things that, depending on where we live and where we were raised, we are so blessed. 
We're blessed to live in a country where we can meet and talk about what the Bible says. We don't have to sneak around and worry about being arrested or, or punished or someone retaliating against us. And it's just because of where we were born. Now, again, he called it the accident of your birth, but we understand that God works all these things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his promises. But let's think about our brothers and sisters around the world who don't have these blessings. Well, on a day of Thanksgiving, what do they give thanks for? If we're basing our thankfulness on our circumstances, we're not living according to 1 Thessalonians, where Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, because it's not about the stuff. It's about the giver. See, if all we did was give thanks for our blessings, then are we truly thankful or are we simply content? See, to be thankful is to appreciate the things that you have and understand that they're not necessary. But to be content is just to say, I have enough. Like Madam Blueberry. Well, if I have this, then I'll be thankful. You know, if I get the newest Xbox or PlayStation, or if I get the, the turkey leg, or if the Cowboys win, then I'll be thankful. And we're not always able to be thankful. This has been a pretty good season, but there are some seasons where there's nothing to be thankful for. But is our relationship with God based on transactions? I read a, I think I still have it here, a tweet by Stephen Bryce, and he writes this, Love carries no expectation, but all relationships have expectations. Not everyone will meet all your expectations, and you get to choose what to do with that. Know what they are. Check subconscious ones and be honest. Hold to your values. You don't have to let everyone in. So he's talking about human relationships. And we understand that as we transact with one another, we try and love on each other, we try and forgive one another, and we try and walk in love. But sometimes we try and squeeze God in that same box. And we say, well, God, you know, I will love you if you give me these things. And we say, well, God, I'll love you if I get into my dream school. Well, God, I'll love you if I get my dream job. God, I'll love you if I find my knight in shining armor and you bring him to me. Or God, I'll, I'll love you if I find the perfect church with the perfect worship team and the perfect pastor and they give me the perfect cup of coffee and preach a perfect sermon. God, I'll love you if, because we possibly have been conditioned to only be thankful for things. And that's thanksgiving. That's not thanks living. See, if our relationship with God is based on transactions, then there may come a point in time where we say, God, you didn't give me what I want, so I'm no longer thankful for what you did give me. See, transactions are based on valuation and comparison. Just like the dollar says in God we trust, and the value of the dollar goes up and down, and they've been talking about inflation, and everyone's like, what are we going to do about the dollar? And some people say, well, I'm going to invest in gold, or I'm going to invest in silver, or I'm going to invest in cryptocurrency, and I'm going to invest in all these different things. And people value the dollar based on what it's worth in a transaction. But do we apply that same principle to God? I'll tell you a fun Thanksgiving story that I've heard Pastor tell several, several times. And... The family's getting ready for Thanksgiving, so they get the turkey, and they put it in the pan, and they cut off two sides and the top and the bottom of the turkey. 
And the little girl asked her mom, Mom, why do we cut off parts of the turkey before we put it in the oven? And the mom says, we've just always done it like that. Why don't you ask your grandma? So she goes to the grandma and the grandma says the same thing. Well, we've just always done it like that. Why don't you ask your great grandma? So the great grandma says the same thing. And she goes all the way to the great, great grandmother in her 90s already. And this little girl, little child, right? They want to know. They want to know everything. Why? 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 And so she says, why do we cut the turkey? And the great, great grandmother says this. When I was a little girl like you, we had a very small oven. And the whole turkey didn't fit. So we had to cut some off to put the turkey in the oven. Nowadays, I mean, you can almost park your car in the oven. Those things are huge. And so we see there's a misunderstanding of tradition. It's always been like this. We always gather around, and it's good that we are thankful for what we have. But we can't base our lifestyle saying, I'm only thankful if I have something to be thankful for. See, Psalms 136 and verse 1 David says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. If you grew up listening to Christian music, you've probably heard Michael W. Smith sing that many, many times back in the 80s and 90s. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Now, I am off the clock. I am not teaching this week, but we're going to look a little bit at His language, okay? Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Many times we want to say, I will give thanks to the Lord if He does me good. We want to go around singing that song, Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. He's my friend. And we say, well, God, if you give me what I want, then you're good. But David doesn't say God is good because He gives me what I want. He's saying God is good. His love endures Forever. And that's why I wanted to shift our perspective tonight. I wanted to say, oh, wait a minute. Are we living our lives like one or two? Like one or two? We need to recalibrate what it means to give thanks. Yes, we give thanks for our blessings, but our blessings do not determine God's goodness. If we say, well, I'm only going to give thanks if my candidate wins the election. Well, who's going to be giving thanks this year? Well, I'm only going to give thanks if the Cowboys win. Well, who's going to give thanks this year? Well, I'm only going to give thanks if I get that raise or if my kids are okay or, or if my body is healthy. If none of those things are true, is God still worthy of our thanks? And the answer is yes. God is good. Even if we don't understand what's going on right now in our world, even if we don't understand what's happening in our bodies, and we say, well, God, you promised, and God, you promised... Well, something that Jesus promised in John 16 and verse 33 is that in this world, we will have trouble. Too many people think that if we trust in God, our lives are like a Disney movie. We live happily ever after. But the Bible doesn't say that we have to live happily ever after. It says we have to live holy until ever after. Jesus said, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. His love endures forever. Even if your life right now and you're thinking, well, you know what, Brother Jonathan, I'm not sure what Thursday is going to look like because I don't have a whole lot to be thankful for this year. 
Maybe you've lost loved ones to COVID. Maybe your kids aren't doing so hot with the whole school situation. Maybe your job situation is in flux. Maybe your body is not where you want it to be. And you're tempted, sorely tempted, to not be thankful. Maybe you say, hmm, Thanksgiving, okay, well, when is Lamentations coming? Is that Friday? Is that Black Friday, meaning Lamentations, and you're sad about things? You can still be sad and give thanks. You can be in a tough situation and give thanks. David, throughout many of the Psalms, and we didn't have time to go into all of those, but many times David was on the run, and he was depressed, and he was anxious, just filled with anxiety that people were trying to kill him, and he still gave thanks to God because he understood he had the correct prescription here. He had his focus where it needed to be, not on my circumstances, because my life does not determine God's goodness. My circumstances do not determine God's goodness. His goodness is not based on our blessings, but rather in His love. The fact that while we did nothing to deserve salvation, and He still sacrificed His only begotten Son, that's good. And everything else that we get is just icing on the cake. I was reading a devotional yesterday in my email, and there was a story. And this young man, he went to this father, and he told this father, he said, I would like to have your daughter's hand in marriage. And so they have this long conversation, and the father's asking him all these questions, So finally he approves, and he says, you know what, young man, you can marry my daughter. So the young man gets up to leave, and he says, oh, before I leave, if it's not too much trouble, can I have a glass of water? And the dad says to the young man, of course you can have a glass of water. I just gave you the most valuable, precious thing that I have. Water, that's nothing. And the minister who's sending out this devotional, he says, That's how we should approach God. He has given us the greatest, most immeasurable gift that we can have, salvation. And everything else is just icing on the cake. Everything else that we consider that we gauge our happiness on, it's just icing on the cake. If we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, if we have received that invitation to that eternal party that starts with a wedding supper and it ends with eternal bliss with God, in heaven, worshiping and and being with our loved ones that have gone on and who have believed in Him, everything else is much less valuable. And in that perspective, we should always give thanks. Even if our bodies are not right where we thought they would be at this particular moment, we still believe God heals. We can still be thankful. Even if our financial situation is not quite where we would hope it had be at the end of this tough two years, we can still give thanks not just because of what we have, but because of who God is. And we need to recalibrate and remember that. 1 Peter 1, 1, verses 6 and 7 says this, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Peter's saying, we are tested. You know what else is tested? Gold. Gold is tested by fire. Diamond is tested by pressure. And these things are more valuable because of what they've gone through. 
So my challenge to you this year as you're gathering around and we traditionally give thanks for our family, our friends, our health, our blessings. Let's also be thankful, not necessarily for the trial. You know, God, I'm glad this thing happened to me. But being thankful that we're going through the trial. God, I'm thankful that you were with me throughout this year. God, I'm thankful that even if, you know, you caught COVID or someone you knew had COVID, you say, God, I'm thankful that you brought me through COVID. God, I'm thankful that you're bringing me out of this financial situation. God, I'm thankful that even though the family relationship's not where it needs to be, maybe there's a couple empty chairs at the table and you know someone needs to be there. You can be thankful that God honors his word. I'm thankful, God, that you're still working in my son or daughter or niece or nephew's life. I'm thankful that you, who have given me salvation, want to give them salvation. Not because we deserve it. Not because we're transacting with God. Well, if I'm this good, God, then you'll bless me with this much finances. Or if I have this much faith, then you'll give me this much healing. We give thanks because he is good. Not just because of what we think he does good. Because it's not just thanksgiving, it's thanks living. In James chapter 1 and verse 7, it says this, that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Many of us have heard the first part of that verse, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, but I really wanted to focus on the end of that verse with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. See, our circumstances may change. Our bodies may change. Our finances may change. Our relationships may change. And we may be tempted. Well, God, I'm disappointed. So I don't know if I want to give thanks to you. God, I'm, I'm discontent, so I don't feel thankful. But we have to remember that we are not thankful for what He has done. Even though if we looked at it, what He has done for us is more than we could ever deserve. We're not saved by works, lest any man should boast. If we could earn our way into heaven, then why do we need Jesus? We are thankful for, first and foremost, the gift of salvation. But just like the dad who gave the young man a glass of water, everything after salvation is just icing on the cake. So yes, we do give thanks for what He's given But more than what He's given, we give thanks for what He's done. And even more than what He's done, we give thanks for who He is. So this week, over the next couple days, I want you not just to sit down and, you know, they say, make a list of things that you're thankful for. Yes, that is good. But even though that is good, God is good, regardless of your list. Some of your lists may be longer than others. You may say, well, I don't have what so-and-so has, or I don't have what so-and-so has. Maybe you're like Madam Blueberry from the VeggieTales movie. I'm so blue, I don't know what to do. I need stuff. But we're not thankful for what we have. We're thankful for who He is. The character of God is not affected by our circumstances. And too many times, people who don't have an understanding, or I would even say a relationship with God, would say, if God is good, why did this happen? If God is good, why was I disappointed? If God was good, why did I have to go through this pain? If Jesus died for me to save me, how come He didn't save me from this? Well, the main thing that He came to save us from was hell. Because that's what we deserve. 
And I know that's a weird Thanksgiving message, right? We say, oh, I love my family and I'm so thankful. And, you know, maybe you do a little history lesson about the pilgrims in Jamestown. Ain't nobody talking about hell on Thanksgiving. (laughs) But if you think about it, we ourselves, in the eternal scheme of things, we're the turkeys and we deserve the oven. But Jesus came along and said, how about not? Let's substitute for that. He paid our price on the cross. We didn't deserve it. And that's what we give thanks for. A gift that we could never deserve, we could never earn, we could never repay. But we need to understand our place in eternity. We need to understand that not only are we thankful for that, but God is calling us to go and spread the good news. He's calling us to go and invite people to that Thanksgiving feast, that marriage supper when Jesus comes back and He gets His church and we meet with Him in heaven And all the believers over thousands and thousands of years come together and we all give thanks for what He's done. Not just what He's given, but for what He's done. And apart from all of that, for who He is. That is not just thanksgiving. That is thanks living. To be thankful is to recognize God's authority and benevolence. We're not just giving thanks for something. We're giving thanks to Psalm 1. He is good. Yes, He does good. But more than that, He is good. And maybe some of you watching or some of you here tonight, you think, you know what, Brother Jonathan? I have been upset with God. I haven't been talking to God recently. I've been kind of holding back my thanks because I'm uncomfortable with where my life is right now. And to you, I say, I completely understand. Many of us in this room understand. Our pastors understand. Jesus himself understood what it was like to experience human disappointment in the garden, sweating blood, turning around and looking for the ones who thought he thought would have his back, and they're asleep, being frustrated, many times frustrated. He even said, how long will I be with this wicked people who ask for a sign? Many times he wanted to be with people who didn't want to be with him. And he says, oh, Jerusalem, I want to gather you to myself and protect you just like a mother hen protects her chicks, but you don't let me. And we sometimes adopt that spirit of discontent. And if that's you tonight, I want to offer you some words like a frame of reference for us to repent together. So if you would, and you feel like, man, you know what, Brother Jonathan, you're talking to me tonight. I don't feel thankful. I look around and my list of blessings is very short this year. And I've been very short with God. And I'm upset. I'm upset and I've had a falling out with my family and we haven't been talking and me and God haven't been talking and I just don't want to talk about it because I'm not feeling it this year. Well, tonight's message is for you. We need to recalibrate. This isn't just like a happy love everyone, give everyone a hug on your way out, let's go do what we've always done. This is, yes, we thank God for our blessings, but if you don't feel satisfied with where you are, then you need to recalibrate and remember who He is. Because the goodness of God is not determined by our circumstances. If it was, we wouldn't need salvation. If everything's going right in my life, what do I need to be saved from? If there's no bad news, why would Jesus tell me to go and preach the good news? If we are not 
destined for disaster, what's the point of a Savior? And that's what we need to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. The fact that we go back to the root of the gospel, the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was made flesh. Why did the Word have to enter our realm of flesh? Because we allowed sin to enter into our realm of flesh. We surrendered our authority to not the lover of our soul, but the hater of our soul, the thief who only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And because of that, Jesus had to come and take our place on the cross. He didn't do anything wrong, lived a perfect life, died the death of a criminal. And when he was on that cross, he said, it is finished. He said it in the Greek. It was in the present perfect tense, meaning from this point until eternity, it will always be finished. And if you say, well, Brother Jonathan, you know, I used to be tight with God, but I don't know if he wants to hear from me and I've done some stuff and I've been running from him. It is finished. You can still reach out and he still has that forgiveness. And guess what? Between now and next Thanksgiving, if you mess up again, it is still finished. You can still approach him for forgiveness because he is good and his love endures forever. I like to put it this way. God was good long before I got here, and He will be good long after I'm gone. And that's something that we can all be thankful for. So I want to kind of walk us through two prayers, and whichever of these apply to you, I want to invite you at home and those of you in person to join with me. And the first one is a prayer of, like we talked about, recalibration, just asking for forgiveness if we don't feel like God's given us enough or we don't feel like God's been good to me and we need to recognize, wow, He's given me everything I would ever need in eternal salvation and I'm going to believe Him for the rest. Even if I don't see it right now, I'm going to trust that He's good. Even if I'm going through things, my family's going through things, we're working through things, He is with us through those things. Going through tough times doesn't mean that you've made God mad doesn't mean that He's angry at you and He's punishing you. It means that He is with you as we all go through human suffering, just like Jesus did. Jesus was the Son of God, and He still had to go and die. And He raised from the dead victorious so that we could walk in that victory, so that we could give Him thanks for salvation. So for those of you who feel a little upset at God, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord, You know all things. You know what I'm feeling. You know what I'm going through. And right now, I ask you to forgive me for lowering your character to my circumstances. You are not just good because you do good. You are good because your love endures forever. Even when I didn't deserve it. You sacrificed Jesus for me. I repent of being angry at you, of being discontent, of not thanking you enough. And I receive your forgiveness. And I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank you for salvation. Amen. And for those of you who maybe are watching, maybe you're here and you think, man, Brother Jonathan, I, 
I wish I could identify with that, but I, I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you think to yourself, I've heard about God and I know a lot of God-fearing people and good people and I've been to church a few times, but I don't know that I can be thankful for salvation because I don't know if I've accepted it quite yet. Well, tonight is your Black Friday special <laughs> because we are going to show you the coupon code that you can redeem for a free salvation that God has purchased us back from our own sinful nature. So if you would and you feel like, man, I want to partake in this, I want to participate, I want to join this great, big, supernatural, spiritual Thanksgiving dinner with a loving father and a big multicultural family all over the world, tonight is your night. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to pay my debt, my debt of sin, my debt of separation from you. You redeemed me even when I didn't deserve it. I confess with my mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead and He is Lord of my life. I'm so thankful for your gift of eternal life. Help me to live my life for you. Send people my way who can teach me your scriptures. Have your Holy Spirit help me to understand the Bible and help me find a community of people that will help me to grow in you. Thank you so much. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer tonight, we want to welcome you to the family. We'll save you a plate full of tamales. But more importantly, we have some resources that we want to put in your hands. And you can message us here on our Facebook channel, or you can send us an email, gncvictoria at gmail.com. We also have a contact form on our website, gncvictoria.com. And we would love to just get in contact with you to let you know that we love you so much and that God loves you so much. We want to put some materials into your hand and just help you along that path so you can get to know Him more and all of the blessings that we are so thankful for. And I myself am thankful for our live studio audience, those of you who traveled all the way over here to fellowship and, and hear the Word of God, and those of you watching as well. We thank you so much. If you want to go back and watch any of our archive sermons, you can do so right here on our Facebook channel, facebook.com slash gncvictoria. And again, if you don't have a home church, we would love to have you. We would love to welcome you. We'd love to worship with you. We'd love to just go through life and encourage you as we are all looking forward to that great big Thanksgiving dinner in the sky when Jesus comes back for His church. And for those of you who feel like, you know what, I want to contribute to this ministry, I want to help out, you can also give online at gncvictoria.com. There's a little green button that says give online because you're giving online. But uh, more importantly, we just pray that you would be safe during this Thanksgiving holiday and that you would be a light and a witness to your family. We don't know what the next couple of days are going to look like, but we pray that you take the love of Jesus into every household that you enter and that you share the gospel with as many people as you can so that we can all be part of God's family and we can all participate in that dinner when it's time. So thank all of you so much for tuning in. I greet you once again on behalf of our pastors, Ruben and Rosie Trevino. We love you and we hope to see you soon. And until next time, God bless you all.